You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking to all things Texas A&M, and I'm not going to waste a lot of time. We know what we're talking about today. It's going to be, naturally, the college football national championship that happened last night. Alabama moves on to 18 straight victories, but how does this affect AM? I promise you, while we're talking about this, people are going to go, well, this is an AM podcast. You're right, it is. This leads to something, I promise you. And at the end, we're going to, of course, break down early top 10 rankings. I have my top 10 teams going into next year. Where does A&M fall into that category? We're also going to call out a name who didn't put A&M in their top 10 category. And we're going to discuss why he didn't, why he should have. Before we begin, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout out, and I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12th man related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. The message, simple. The answer, clear. Win, you're a new champion. Lose, you go home empty-handed. That was the message presented to both teams in Hard Rock Stadium on Monday night when the Alabama Crimson Tide took on Ohio State. Ohio State, who was highly criticized for not playing a full season, making it to the college football finale, got to go up against possibly the best team in the realm. We're talking about a team that not only dismantled, discredited, and disemboweled every single opponent in an all-conference schedule, we're talking about a team that showed no resilience, no relentless, and had three finalists on offense in the top five for Heisman Trophy voting. Guess what? All three showed why they were deserving of the award. In 2019, the LSU Tigers represented the SEC on their way to a national title victory with the number one offense in the history of college football. In that game alone, Joe Burrow was dynamic. He was poised. He was amazing as the future leader. He finished 31 of 49 with five touchdowns on the day and 463 yards. Mac Jones... The guy who everyone said was going to be the bridge quarterback. The guy who was going to be in place until Bryce Young was ready. 36 of 45, 5 touchdowns as well, and 464 yards passing. Meanwhile, Najee Harris, one of the most dominant running backs has ever graced the land of, of course, the SEC, finished with 22 carries, 79 yards on the night, and two touchdowns. Plus, you can add in a third score with his reception that went for 26 yards. Devontae Smith, he didn't have to really worry about a second half because he set every single record in the SEC before the first half was over. With 12 catches, 215 yards, and three total touchdowns, not only does he become the all-time leader in SEC receiving yards, replacing Jordan Matthews, who said it back in 2011, he also breaks the all-single-season SEC receiving yard record with over 1,800 receiving yards and 23 touchdowns on the year. Recently set by Jamar Chase in 2020's season. This is what Alabama is. This is who Alabama is. Nick Saban now has won his seventh title since becoming a head coach in the college football realm. You know how many Nick Saban titles he's won at Alabama? Six. You know what is the most 
titles in the history of the sport? Six. Before last night. Coming to Bear Bryant, who had all six during his tenure with the Crimson Tide. Alabama was ruled out at the start of the season. They said that Jalen Waddle was too small. They said that Devonta Smith was too skinny. They said that Najee Harris was too twitchy. And that Mac Jones was the bridge guy. The defense took too many hits in the secondary. The linebacking core was weak. The defensive line was infuriating. You know what happened? Alabama played to its strengths, stepped up, and became an essential point that dominated teams. There was not a competition this year. And by the way, anyone out there who says, oh, well, the SEC doesn't really matter because they didn't play anybody. They had an all-SEC schedule. Just like every other 14 team in the SEC. They finished 10-0, then beat down on Florida, then beat down on Notre Dame, and Ohio State. To put into context this real fast, the two teams that were quote-unquote better than A&M scored less points than Ole Miss did against this defense. What does that say about the SEC? I am so glad you asked Locked On Aggies fans, and I'm so glad you asked, why does any of this have to do with A&M? It has everything to do with A&M. Because in my opinion, this just showed the committee It really doesn't matter who you play. Let's just break this down for a second. The reasoning behind A&M not making the college ball playoff over the likes of Notre Dame and Ohio State was they had a 28-point loss to the Crimson Tide. Not only after that loss did they have to go through an entire SEC schedule, just like every other team, they also had to deal with a month of COVID-19 protocols from not just their side, but from opponent sides as well. After that, they had to reschedule games for over a month while doing Zoom meetings. And after that loss to Alabama, that crushing blow, that one loss that kept A&M out of the conversation, eight straight wins, including a bold victory in the New Year's Six game against North Carolina, who severely is underrated in the ACC. Back in September, Texas A&M traveled to Tuscaloosa and suffered a crushing blow as the number five team in the country, 52-24. to On Monday night, Ohio State, the team that was so-called better than the likes of the Aggies. To see the crushing blow from the Alabama Crimson Tide, 52-24. Only two teams scored more than A&M did against Alabama this past season. And it was not the likes of Georgia. It was not the likes of Ohio State. It was not the likes of Notre Dame. All teams, people said, were better than the Aggies. It was Ole Miss in a Week 4 matchup in October... And it was uh, Florida to close out the year in the SEC championship game with one of the better offenses the SEC has seen in the last 20 years. We talk about AM as a team that people don't give enough credit to. And I'm someone who, by the way, has probably given my unfair share to AM love. I'll admit that in the past. I have. But to say that AM is not deserving when you watch the last two games of the season, domination, bullishness, brute strength, elusive play, and pure finesse to finish off the year with an undefeated record. What does that say about the college football playoff committee's voting? It says two things in my opinion. One, they don't know how to vote. Or two, they know how to vote. And it does become a political agenda. 
Notre Dame got curb stomped in their final game of the season against Clemson. Clemson got curb stomped by Ohio State. Ohio State got curb stomped by Alabama. And A&M's only loss came to the one team that sits on top of the college football pendulum Tuesday morning and will for the entire offseason. It's an unfair advantage for other teams because the SEC is too dang good. And if there's one thing that was proven this entire season, by the way, let's just get this out of the way as well. This will never happen again. College football will return to normalcy next season. You will start to see more teams face off against better opponents. You will begin to see other teams trying to get better. But you will never have another 10, 12, whatever, all-conference season. So take this into consideration. Alabama curb-stomped every single person, every single team, every single college on the way to immoral glory in 2020. The SEC is better for it. Every A&M fan last night should have been rooting for the Crimson Tide. Every Auburn fan should have been rooting for their cross-county rival. Every Florida fan who felt duped in that final crushing blow should have still been saying, let's go roll tide. Because it only makes recruiting better. It only makes teams better. And it only boosts the status of every single organization represented by the Southeastern Conference. When Alabama does this on national television, twice, to Blue Bloods, to better teams, to programs that are built for success. Reality check. Success runs through the SEC veins, and it bleeds every color you can find below the Mississippi River. That is why the SEC means more. That is why, when I give you my rankings in just a quick moment, you're going to realize there's a reason it's a lot of SEC teams. College football season is over, but college basketball is right around the corner. That means you have a shot to win some big-time cash this upcoming offseason. And there's one place that's got you covered and the one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get right into the action. Use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And visit our good friends and exclusive partners on social media at betonline.ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for the free account and use the promo code Locked On for a 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. Best lines, best bets, best sport headlines in America, betonline.ag. Your online sportsbooks experts. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action on all things Texas A&M. Thank God 2020 is over. 2021 is a brand new year. And it's time for you to have a brand new start and win some actual money. That's why I recommend you listen to the brand new show Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, NFL playoffs, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcast listening systems. So I said this a couple weeks ago, and I was kind of very, you know, strategic about it. I kind of figured that the way that the college football season would end would be A&M getting a victory over North Carolina. Naturally, it doesn't really matter that North Carolina is a good team or not. What matters is that A&M continue to win. They show domination. 
They show what they're, you know, featured with. They showed the success that could come in the future. And now, I mentioned this as well. There's a reason I think Kellen Mond is a better quarterback in A&M history than Johnny Manziel. Not because I don't think Johnny Manziel belongs in the history books of College Station or with the maroon and white, but because Kellen Mond did something that one other quarterback did. He put his team above the top five rankings in every voting category. As of this morning, Texas A&M finished fourth in the nation by both the coaches poll and the AP poll. That is their highest ranking since finishing number one in 1939. Texas A&M is good. Texas A&M is great. Texas A&M has a lot to be happy about. And a lot of people out there who go, oh, we'll kill him on Stop. Because guess what? Kellen Vaughn and that rushing attack, they got you to number four. That's the highest you have been in over 70 years. We're pushing almost 80 years. Actually, we are over 80 years. I'm bad at math. We're at 80 years. 81 years. That's the highest A&M has ever been. That's why A&M has so much success. And for anyone who doesn't trust the process, I promise you, This is why you signed Jimbo Fisher to a 10-year extension. 10 years is a long time. Do you know how long it takes to build something that Alabama has? Something that Clemson has? Clemson started getting good about year five, five and a half with Dabo Sweeney leading the way. Alabama got really good year three of Nick Saban. This is year three of Jimbo Fisher. This is year three of Dan Mullen. This is where I start to say, let's separate it. Georgia's right there. Georgia, I think, Florida, and I think A&M. I think all four can be competitive enough over the next five years to really make things interesting. I'll throw LSU into the conversation as like a wild card, and I'll throw Ole Miss as my dark horse to potentially make that jump from a team in the SEC to a dang good team in the SEC. But four are set. Alabama is really set. Whether they keep, uh, whatever happens with Steve Sarkeesian, whether he comes back when Nick Saban decides to call it a career, I think A&M is set because they have the right coach, they have the right recruiters, and they continue to win with Jimbo Fisher's actual scheme. I think Florida has the right coach with Dan Mullen. I don't think he's going anywhere, despite the rumors that you hear about him and the, uh, naturally, the NFL. And I think Georgia has the right coach. And Georgia continues to be very good at recruiting. And apparently, that's what we need to hear with recruiting. But A&M finishes in the top five and number four, the highest they've been since 1939, both the coaches poll and the AP poll. Congratulations to the Aggies on a job well done this season. 9-1, and one, likely would have been 10-1 and one if you would have gotten the chance to face off against Ole Miss. So Joel Klatt came out and he released his rankings for this season and his rankings, of course, for next season. This is something that really happens a lot. This is something that a lot of people go through. We already know what's kind of going on. They always make their bets early. You kind of get everything kind of situated. And here's what happened. A&M actually did finish really high up in Klatt's rankings. Alabama finished number one. Ohio State finished number two. A&M jumped Clemson to finish number three. Clemson finished number four. Oklahoma finished number five. 
Notre Dame finished number six. Iowa State made the jump up to number seven. Georgia with number eight. You had, of course, Cincinnati, good for them, finishing number nine, and Northwestern closing out at number 10. Now, the next question is, where do we go from here? Number 10 in the 2021 rankings was Notre Dame. All right, that's kind of fair. Number nine was was North Carolina. Okay, I get it. You know, you just played A&M, so A&M's got to be on this list. Miami was eight. Indiana was seven. You got to love Tom Allen. Iowa State was six. Clemson was five. Ohio State was four. OU was three. All right, we're getting closer. We're getting closer, guys. Alabama, two. And Georgia, number one. A&M. Whoa. No A&M in the top 25. That says one thing to me. That says that Joel Klatt is so star-spangled certain that Kellen Mond was so important to A&M that they're not a top 10 team next year. And you want to know what the reality is? Maybe it's true. Maybe. He's not wrong in the sense of there's not a quarterback in place. There's three options for the quarterback. Eli Stowers, Haynes King, Zach Calzada. All three have a very good shot and a very good case to make that they are deserving of being the starting quarterback. But look at the rest of the roster, Joel. I mean, seriously. Four straight years, top 10 recruits, all now A&M players, recruited by Jimbo Fisher. On top of that, you also have an offensive line that will be replenished with up to 18 different options for starters, a receiving core that's still unproven, but gets more talent with another top five, uh, top 10 receiver coming into the uh, recruiting class. A linebacking core that has two four-stars, a former four-star that came on strong against the likes of North Carolina, a secondary that is probably losing at most one player, a defensive line that lost a player but kept another and only got better with another big recruiting class, and three options at quarterback and running back that are so different in their own way, it's near impossible to stop. I get it. I've said this before. I have not been always the biggest AM fan. I have not always been the biggest AM homer. But AM not being in the top 10 of next season automatically is asinine. Quarterback or not, there were moments that Kellen Mond couldn't do crap. Anyone else remember the LSU game? I'm sorry. I didn't know Buddy Johnson was that big of a deal. And I like Buddy Johnson a lot. I think Buddy Johnson might be one of the best tacklers that AM has had in the last decade. But he's, he's the reason they won that game. Not Kellen Mond. So if Kellen Mond is missing that much, who's to say that everyone else is going to be that good? Think about it for a second. Just, just, just humor me for a second. Alabama's going to lose Mac Jones. They're out. Is Brock Purdy going to be good? Michael Penix? Teams can now know how to prepare for Michael Penix. He going to be that good? Justin Fields is gone. Next man mentality. You got DJ Ungalalande. Sorry, I know I butchered his name probably. DJ Ungalalande. How good is he going to be? And then you have Derek King. Is he going to be playing? Who's the next quarterback for, a- uh, for Notre Dame? If quarterback is just the problem then there's a lot of problems with this list. I did my own list, and we're going to be breaking that down in just a quick moment. But before we do that, your car has some troubles. You got to bring it into the shop. 
Well, they say that you need either a new car or need to ship it away for a brand new part that costs over a ridiculous amount of money that you cannot afford. That's the reality when you go shop at actual car dealerships because they try to jack up the prices. That's why I recommend you always shop at rockauto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving online auto park customers for the past 20 years. They have a variety from everything from engine module controls to brake pads, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So whether you're trying to just drive your daily car or refurbish an old classic, go take a few easy click steps and it's delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com's unique catalog is remarkably easy to navigate. Quick the part, your vehicle, choose the brand, specification, and the price you prefer. Plus, you will never find a lower price than what you can get at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com right now and use uh, the promo code Locked On in the How'd You Hear About section so they know that we sent you amazing selections, reliably low prices, all the auto parts you will ever need. rockauto.com is the place to be. Locked On Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following us on social media at Aggies, where you get the best information covering all things Colorado content. Follow me at Mr. Cole Thompson. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast listening systems. Can't do any of that. Listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Let's do this real fast. Let's get this out of the way. I have my top 10 rankings. Here we go. Going into 2021. Number 10, I'm going to give it to LSU. Listen, this was a down year. LSU had to replace almost every single person on their roster from last season. Quarterback, wide receivers, lineman, running back, tight end, linebacker, cornerback, safety, defensive line, not to mention also an offensive coordinator, a defense coordinator, a special teams coordinator, and everything else that happened did not work. They changed the problem. Steve Essinger is now retired. You got rid of Bo Pelini. Things are getting better. You're going to have a really good conversation between going with Max Johnson or Miles Brennan, that quarterback. You're going to be able to have him throw into Kashawn Boot, um, Jaron Jenkins. You're going to have a good offensive line with Ed Ingram starting it. Your quarterbacks got better. You had Derek Stingley Jr. still. Eli Ricks. If they can get a little bit better at linebacker and get a little bit better at pass rush, I think they're going to be in the conversation. Number nine, I said that there was one thing that me and um, Joel Cloud had in common. It's this. Number nine is North Carolina. I'm going to be completely honest. North Carolina is a good team. They were overpowered by AM. They were overpowered by the ranking systems. They hung in with every single team in conference this year, including Notre Dame, until the fourth quarter. Including AM until the fourth quarter. Sam Howell enters his third season. The offensive line will remain intact. This is an offensive line that will only get better like we saw last season. This past year, they gave up 33 sacks. The same number of sacks that was given up last season by Texas A&M. He will have Josh Downs as his number one receiver. They're going to have to replace the tandem of Michael Carter and Javante Williams and as well as Chaser at the linebacking spot. But the defense is returning 10 other starters which is a huge deal for them. Tony Grimes will also be back, probably the leader as an All-American candidate. Number eight, I'm going to go Cincinnati. Why not? Cincinnati proved enough this year. Desmond Ritter's returning for his fourth season. They're also going to have Jerome Ford back, Josh Wiley back, wide receivers Michael Young and Alex Pierce. Luke Fickle is going to have to find a way to replace his defense coordinator and Marcus Freeman, who left for Notre Dame. They're going to have to find a way to keep that defensive line moving. If they can, they're going to not lose another game in the AAC. At that point, you can have a conversation. 
two straight years of not losing a single game in conference, maybe you're deserving of at least considering a college football playoff spot. Seven, Ohio State. Yeah, I'm low on them. Guess what? I have every right to be. Justin Fields is a tough son of a gun. He's also going to the NFL. Chris Olave is a great wide receiver. He's also going to the NFL. Chris Sermon, great running back, going to the NFL. You have Master T coming back, Garrett Wilson replacing Olave. Who's going to be your quarterback? Who's going to be your quarterback? CJ Stroud, Kyle McCord. Are they immediately going to be the massive impact that we have to wait for? Or is it going to be Quinn Errors in a, in a year? I mean, Quinn's going to be the guy eventually. Is that going to be the case? They still have five-star Jack Sawyer coming in. Cam Brown and Savon Banks are going to lead the secondary to replace Sean Wade. But there's too many holes right now. I can't put them higher than seven. Six. Surprise, surprise. I'm going to stay along with it and go Iowa State. Iowa State is going to have Brock Purdy back. That's a four-year starter. All-American running back, Brees Hall. Defensive player of the year in the Big 12, Mike Rose. They're going to have a great tight end in Charlie Kohler. They're going to have a great safety in Greg Engsworth. They're going to have the sack leader of the Big 12 in Will McDonald back. And uh, Orion Vance, the defensive MVP, will also be back. And the biggest part of all, Matt Campbell's going to be back. Matt Campbell, the head coach, is going to be back, and that's going to be a bigger blessing than anything else. Number five, I'm going to put Clemson. DJ Ugalalele has to prove up front. He's got it. If he can prove it up front, guess what? Clemson's going to be good again, because that's just Clemson. He's going to have EJ Williams to throw to, Joseph Ngata to throw to, and hopefully Justin Ross is that number three receiver. He missed all of this past season with the spinal injury. The offensive line is losing multiple players. They're going to have to improve. The defensive line is losing multiple players. They're going to have to improve. They're going to lose a lot of different pieces in the secondary. This is a big rebuilding year for Brent Venable's defense. Can he do it? If so, I'll put him there. Four, I'm going to go Georgia. Georgia has the best thing in JT Daniels, 4-0 starter. It's one thing that Alabama, Florida, A&M, and of course, I'll throw LSU and even Auburn in. None of them know what's going to be their quarterback situation going into the year. Guess who does? Georgia. JT Daniels was 4-0 as a starter. They had the best running back, one of the best running backs left in the uh, SEC, and James Cook, Zamir White. They have the best, I think, pure receiver going into next year in George Pickens. They still have a good defense. That's going to be their bread and butter under Kirby Smart. If they continue to develop the way that I think that they will, they're in a very good spot to be very strong offensively, defensively, and probably take back the SEC East title. They never would have lost it if they just would have played JT Daniels all season. Number three is Texas A&M. I'm not going to put them higher. I need to see what's going to happen when they beat Alabama. If they can beat Alabama, they immediately jump to number one. Hands down, not even a question. They immediately jump to number one. You have a star do-it-all weapon in Anaya Smith. You have Devon A-Chain showing up as now probably the number two pure running back. Isaiah Spiller, brute strength, triple threat, all you know there. Jalen Weidemeyer, I think Chase Lane's going to be in for a big year. I think Caleb Chapman's going to be in for a big year. They're not losing anyone on defense outside of really, uh, you know, Buddy Johnson. You're getting back Jalen Peavy. You're getting back Leon O'Neal. You're going to have to replace the offensive line. If you can do that, who's going to beat you? Seriously. Whoever plays quarterback is in for weapon, weapon, weapon protection. You're not going to get beat. Two, Oklahoma. Here's why. Spencer Rattler. Sorry. I hate to be this guy. Spencer Rattler, as much as I do not think he is a good 
NFL prospect, he came on strong towards the end of the season. He had two bad games, and people were ready to crown him as a bust. He responded, and he may be the only quarterback right now going into the season, besides Sam Howell, that I would consider the number one overall pick for 2022. That's how good he can be. That's how talented he is. That's how much he can move. You are losing a great coach in Shane Beamer. You still have Nick Grinch on the staff. You still have a good, I mean, Alex Grinch on the staff, my bad. You still have a talented defense. This might be one of the better defenses in the Big 12, if that says anything, which I don't think it will. But you have weapons in Marvin Mims. Uh, You have weapons in Theo Wees. You have uh, Kennedy Brooks. You have a lot going for Oklahoma. If Lincoln Riley doesn't take an NFL job, which I don't think he will, this is going to be a good team. Finally, let's just go with it. It's Alabama. Till Alabama proves otherwise, yeah, they're returning right now more than likely, I would say, nine starters on defense. They will lose Patrick Sertan. They will lose Dylan Moses. Barmore, that's up in the air. Uh, You look at, uh, I'm trying to remember the safety's name. I'm blanking on it. Um, He's not going anywhere. Josh Joey's not going anywhere. You're not losing, um, you're not losing John Mechie. You already have Bryce Young who kind of showed up. You also have Slade Bolden. You have Jaheel Billingsley who's going to take over for um, Milner Forrestal. You have Will Anderson, Christian Harris. You have DJ Dale. You have Malachi Moore. There's still a great defense. There's still a great offense. When one of these teams in the SEC knocks off Alabama, I will put them higher than Alabama. So real fast, Alabama 1, Oklahoma 2, uh, A&M 3, Georgia 4, Clemson 5, Iowa, Iowa State 6, Ohio State 7, Cincinnati 8, North Carolina 9, and LSU 10. That is my top 10 rankings going into next season. That's going to do for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're listening to us every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, and podcasting systems. Tomorrow, let's talk quarterbacks. Who's going to be the leader of this team next season? Talk all that and so much more. See you then. Remember, we're going to y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.